Hello and welcome to another episode of the Craft Beer Talk Show. If this is your first time, welcome. If it's not, welcome back. This is a show where we talk about craft beer, uh, here and there, beer history, and, and whatever really comes to my mind. Today we are going to be talking about American Pale Ale uh, and featuring a beer that is a special brewery actually and I'm surprised that I haven't gone to it yet uh, in the first 16 episodes of this show. So it's very local to me uh, and I'll share a few small associations with this beer that makes it special or the brewery um, more to say. But before we get to that, Oktoberfest was what we talked about last week. Um, We talked about what it is where it is, and everything in between. So if you haven't checked that out, then make sure to do that. Uh, We're available wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can listen to that episode. Uh, It's a lot of information, and I I screwed up a lot of words, but, uh, you know, just bear through it. Uh, It's good to know. Hopefully some of you uh, put it on your bucket lists and uh, and head out there to to Munich to the festival. I know I want to. Uh, The festival itself this year would have been underway at this point, but due to COVID-19, The festival has been uh, canceled, but maybe in its place, you can have your own festival at home uh, with friends or whoever's in your bubble, whatever the case may be. Uh, The scary thing is that COVID here in Ontario seems to be creeping back up and cases are rising every day. So we'll have to monitor that and how it's going to affect breweries again. I know a lot of them had to shut down um, and until you were able to do curbside pickup, they really weren't able to turn a profit. So speaking uh, of which, one final announcement, actually sort of a sad one, uh, a brewery slash brew pub near me, uh, if you're in the area, the GTA, you might know it, but uh, Five West Brew Pub is choosing to close its doors this Saturday um, at the end of at the end of the, the day, or I guess it would be Sunday technically, but Saturday due to the previous COVID hit, uh, and the threat of another creeping up, they've decided to pull the plug before things get unbearable. So it's sad to see, but uh, a wise and tough decision that, that had to be made. Uh, I wish nothing but the best, and I hope they are able to start something new uh, that brings them tons of success. Uh, if you're looking to say your farewells uh, or give a final send-off, they'll be closing the doors this Saturday, the 26th, at closing time. So... It's not going to be open Sunday, so check them out and show them uh, some love and support on their final night. But uh, without further ado, let's get into American Pale Ale. I believe I I touched on it a bit in episode 7. I talked about a variety of pale ales and and what they are. Uh, But today I'll I'll dive into them a little bit more in depth. There's not necessarily a whole lot of information considering it's a new style or a newer style, I should say. But... I'll give the background on the beer and and talk about what the main characteristics are. So when you're talking about American Pale Ale at the brewery or the bar or whatever it may be at home, uh, you know what you're talking about. So in terms of what APA, American Pale Ale, is, uh, by definition or or statistically speaking, the style ranges from 4.5 to 6.2 alcohol by volume. Uh, It's usually packing anywhere between... 30 to, to 50 IBUs, uh, and in terms of color, it's about 5 to 10 uh, on SRM. So kind of like a golden, light orange, mid kind of orangey amber color. Uh, the beer in terms of taste and smell should be smooth, malty, uh, with the citrusy flavors, uh, considering Cascade hops is usually the main hop used in this style of beer. 
As for smell, uh, the hoppy aroma should be medium to strong, as well as citrus and fruity esters will be present. So that's kind of like the ground floor for this style. Um, the absolute by-the-book profile, uh, and it's exciting to see how our beer today stands up to, to these requirements. As for how American Pale Ale came all about, we can actually fast forward uh, a lot through time. As I said, the style itself is really um, as old as the craft scene in the U.S. is. We all know that in the 17th to 19th century, um, European stouts, porters, ales, usually dark ales, were king. Uh, and brewing a lighter beer wasn't all that well taken to, uh, but it did have its crowds. Uh, pale ale was used as a term for beer uh, for the first time as early as 1703, and about 80 years after that, it was getting some advertisement and recognition. Then around 1830, uh, the term bitter and pale ale were synonymous. Uh, breweries would label their pints as pale ales, and then customers would ask for bitters and receive basically the same thing. So the term bitter really just refers to, to pale ale, although I think that there is more flexibility uh, with something that's labeled a bitter, so don't get too caught up on them being the exact same. Uh, so we now flash forward to 1980 when American Pale Ale really came to light. Two breweries to be named uh, and given credit to the style. They are Sierra Nevada Brewing Company and Anchor Brewing Company, both American companies Sierra Nevada had seemed to be given credit for, for brewing the first successful American pale ale with American hops uh, in their famous Sierra Nevada pale ale. But others say that Anchor Brewing was the first successful brewery to brew this style. Uh, they followed a British recipe. Um, they added a ton of American Cascade hops. Uh, both have been very popular. I've had both. Uh, I do prefer the Anchor Brewing version better, and I like the story behind the recipe. The owner basically travels to England uh, and he went to all these different breweries um, trying out these different styles and then taking this newfound knowledge and, and twisting it into something new. The way I've always looked at it is that APA is, is just IPA's little cousin and that American breweries just twisted it into their own style. I also think of it usually as a, a milder IPA, not as hoppy and sometimes uh, more malty. And I think that thinking of it this way is much easier to remember. Um, so that's actually pretty much it. It's, it's not a lot of history for this style as it's not that old. But still, every style has its story. Just like breweries and their beers do, today we're trying a beer from Nickel Brook Brewing Company in Burlington, Ontario. That's my hometown which is why I'm surprised I almost didn't start there with like episode one. I play on a softball team in the summer and every year they, they do this tournament uh, and it's actually sponsored by Nickelbrook. Uh, they barbecue, they bring in their, their tap truck. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's a really good time. Uh, it's also a classic kegger uh, go-to in Burlington. I can remember at high school parties, the keg always uh, was Nickelbrook. I probably shouldn't even say that, but... It's the truth. Uh, I actually played hockey as well years ago with uh, the owner's son. So a lot of good times with Nickelbrook, and uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, this beer uh, and the brewer on the episode. As far as their history goes, like I mean, I shared a little bit of information with you, but I couldn't find too much other than it was founded uh, in 2005. 
Uh, I know the owner's name or maybe one of the owner's name is John. But other than that, they, they don't mention kind of the why or, or reason behind the brewery, uh, which will only force me to, to contact them and, and try to set something up uh, to learn more about their history because I'm definitely intrigued. They have two buildings, uh, the brewery tap room. Um, I don't know if they're, they're, they're like two buildings side by side um, or if they're just in two different locations, but they have one, the brewery itself and, and there's a tap room. And then also there's a, another building called the funk lab. And uh, that's a building they decided to dedicate to experimentation where they can try out new yeast strains or aging in wine, whiskey or tequila barrels and, and see how this takes effect on possible new beers. So that's very cool. And uh, so with little to say about their story, I guess we'll have to dive uh, right into the beer. So we've got, of course, an American Pale Ale uh, called Naughty Neighbor. The can here has a, a rollerblading woman on it. Uh, she must be the naughty neighbor, I suppose, so look out for her. Uh, the beer description describes this beer as uh, homage to our friends in the south. And uh, the beer is meant to be on the hoppy side, but still crushable. So that's going to be interesting in terms of comparing it to those sort of bare bones requirements that an American Pale should be. Uh, the beer sits at 4.9 alcohol by volume and a 38 IBU. Uh, so it should be interesting. Looking forward to it. I'm going to crack this thing open and then we're going to give it a taste. All right. So we got the beer poured. It's ready to go, ready for a taste. And actually, as I was pouring um, the can, I noticed that there's kind of a description um, on the side. It doesn't necessarily explain exactly who this roller derby girl is, but it does say this. Practically born with her skates on. Uh, naughty neighbor quickly rose through the ranks to become an undefeated roller derby champ. Just like her, our American pale ale is bold, smooth, and in your face. The huge citrus and pine hop aromas glide through to a remarkably crisp, easy drinking finish. So that kind of explains uh, her backstory, which is pretty neat. Um, I don't have any neighbors that are roller derby champs, so... Um, not sure if this is a legitimate neighbor or if this is fictional, but I kind of hope that it is legitimate. So we're going to give it uh, a taste here, or I guess I'll give it a smell first and we can talk about that. So they mentioned their beer had pine citrus aromas. I can definitely smell that. Uh, as far as the requirements um, go for an American pale ale and how that kind of checks out with this beer, um, I think everything so far so good. Uh, you definitely have those fruity esters and that citrus. Uh, as far as color and the look of this beer goes, um, almost a bit on the lighter side than I would have expected. It does look to me almost like a typical IPA, but that's not really going to dock any points uh, uh, by my standard. So let's give it a taste. So, very high in carbonation, which I don't think I mentioned, but mid to high carbonation is another characteristic of uh, an American Pale Ale. As far as bitterness goes, it's almost strange. You almost think that the beer is going to, to taste really bitter-like, and then it almost kind of just evens out. It's 38 IBUs, so it's not like it's not there, but I was almost expecting a lot more. 
Um, there is quite a strong citrus presence, um, which is nice. I can see how they, they deem this beer crushable um, and not like and not like uh, other IPAs where they're more sessionable. Um, but let's give it a last taste here and then we can give it a score. Hmm, interesting. On this taste, I almost got this like floral kind of fragrancy um, kind of tone almost at the back of my tongue and now I, I feel it almost like lingering on my tongue and that's that's definitely really interesting as far as an American pale ale um, like judgment goes I don't necessarily think that they were trying to be like straight by the books so, because it's like there are some things that make it kind of a true American pale ale, but then there's other things that are kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. You wouldn't typically find that uh, in an American pale ale, or at least like a, you know, by the book standard kind of pale ale. But uh, I do like the beer. I think it's definitely crushable. Um, as far as the score goes, I'm going to give it a 7.5. So that's pretty much. Um, average, I'd say, like it's a good beer. Um, I have to obviously compare it and score it based on an American Pale Ale because that's the style they they went after. So seven point five um, by those standards, but in terms of creativity and and kind of making it their own, I know um, this is an American style. So of course, as Canadians, we have to make it an American style, the Canadian way. Uh, I do like what they've done with the beer. I definitely think it's a, a super crushable beer. The summer is is pretty much over. I think a few days ago was the first day officially of fall. So I won't be enjoying too many of these outdoors, but for sure I will be enjoying them um, tonight. It's recording on Thursday, so Thursday night football. Uh, I will be pounding a couple of these and, uh, and seeing how this game plays out. Other than that, uh, make sure to follow Craft Beer Talk Show on Instagram as well as uh, Nickelbrook Brewery. I'll put the, the actual Instagram handle in the description of um, this episode and give them some follow, give them a love, go check out their their Funk Lab. Um, I'm sure it's, it's quite the time and, and definitely pick up some naughty neighbors. Until then, cheers.